You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. To hear the rest of this week's show, exclusive episodes, and more, subscribe today at patreon.com slash crspodcast or clockradiospeakers.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on all socials at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. But more important than that, please, 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 please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. ClockRadioSpeakers.com, no longer powered by Tumblr. Is Tumblr still a thing? It is, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, I guess. Is it still, like, out and usable? Not really. Okay, because people were saying <laughs> when Elon Musk bought Twitter, they were like, we're all going back to Tumblr. <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Anyway, that's a, that's a, is that a plea the fifth episode? Man. <laughs> <laughs> Doc is here. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Everybody can follow me on Twitter or Instagram if you want at Doc underscore Beats. That's not a Z. I've been pretty quiet lately. Um, yeah, street's been quiet, man. I need to. I need to put some more stuff out there. I've been. I've been working slowly. Okay, you got you got some more stuff in the Dropbox. Not yet. That I haven't heard. Not okay. Yet. All right. All right. I, all right. I made one in like five minutes today. That I'm actually pretty happy. Don't you hate when that happens? Or like, you no, could, you could. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit there and be like. Oh, you're trying to make something work. And then sometimes it's just like falls right in place. The, and those and those are the ones. Those are the ones. So I'm excited. To, I'm excited to hear that once you whenever you whenever whenever it's ready. Yeah, yeah. Whenever it's ready. Whenever it's I'm ready. ready to hear. We'll get ready there. To hear. We'll get there. Beautiful. So, yeah, yeah Patreon, you guys uh, join the community. <laughs> Thank you guys to our our Patreon listeners who, you know, are just our community is great. We love you guys. Um, and. You know what? I'm just ready to get into the shenanigans. Is there anything to talk about? Like, there's NBA. There's yeah. We I mean, discussed- you know, so we're 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 now to the next round of the NBA playoffs. Hmm. Um. I, I think every time I I check, I, I check my Doc Beats Twitter account. I see I see Wit very upset about disrespect <laughs> towards Joel Embiid. Shout out to Wit. And he's always slandering Doc Rivers. Sure. I mean, it look at me. d- does is Doc Rivers coaching your bum team? Like who's the coach of your all bum team? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, maybe Mike Brown. <laughs> um, oh man, I know there's a coach that I hate. I know there is. Stan Van. Nah, Stan Van Gun is Stan and Jeff are cool with me. Um, dang, I don't know. That's a great question. I'm gonna come back to that. Yeah, y'all yeah. let us. Y'all let us know who who is the all bum coach. That's a fantastic question. But uh, yeah, second round of playoffs, and uh, we got some pretty good games, man. They they're they're hooping. I wish uh, you know, there's always injuries involved, but I feel like man, that was cheap. I, that was uh, unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary. I hate unnecessary. I, I hate unfortunate injuries, yeah. you know. But it's part of the game. It just happens. But I hate unnecessary injuries. Like you didn't have to do that. Yeah. So yeah, Embiid is out, and so with that. You know, it, it's basically Miami series to Miami series to win. They're playing tonight, right? No, nah, they play last night. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Okay. Who plays? Yeah, tonight? they play last night. Uh, Boston, uh, Boston, Milwaukee, oh, and I think uh, Memphis, Golden State. Memphis, Golden State is is gonna be fun. I missed game one, and my NBA group chat was going crazy because yeah. it was a really good game. Yeah. Um, Th- that's a lot of fun, and man, I don't know, like. Boston looked amazing for like three months. One game ago, one game against Giannis, they just got they just got smacked around. 
And I called, I said that, I said that Milwaukee was done because Chris Middleton is out. I was no. like, oh no, they're not. It's like, no, no, absolutely no, no. not. I was all the way wrong. Yeah. All the way wrong. So I still got Boston winning just because I want to see, I want to see Boston and Miami. I really want to see like Boston and Phoenix. Mm. I think that'd be a good, like two really good teams that don't necessarily have one distinct advantage over the other. Whereas if Giannis makes it out, it's Giannis. Right. And Giannis right, right. Is, pro- is proven that he's just a machine. He's Jack from Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of PlayStation 1 references today. I like this. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, for, the, for the comedy factor, I just, I just want to see the Sixers continue to go far. I want to see Doc Rivers continue to screw stuff up. I want to see James <laughs> Harden look good every third or fourth game and then make everybody mad the rest of the time. I just, oh I enjoy Yo, we want to talk about bums and people who just make me mad. Yeah. Why is your, first of all, I got Pat Bev high, so yeah. we know this, but I got Cat right there. I got him right there. You're blowing kisses to the crowd after you blew another lead that yeah. gets y'all knocked out the play. And you took a three with 17 seconds left on the shot clock. He just pulled up. He just took the ball up court and he just, he just went up. You think what are Jim, you doing? You think Jimmy Butler just watched that and laughed? <laughs> Listen. He's like, I tried to tell y'all. I tried to tell y'all. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah, good for them. So, uh, yeah. I, I, and I don't want Golden State to win because the league messed around and let Golden State get good again without Clay and without getting anybody major. No big names. They still got their same guys. I mean, they, they've, got no, uh, they've gotten nothing from Wiseman. Like, a top pick like that, and they've gotten... Zero is amazing. Yeah, but they 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 took those two maybe three years off and let their young guys while Clay was down just let the young guys get reps in. Yeah, Kaminga. Yeah, yeah, let them get reps in, and now it's like in a league where even though you have eleven or twelve spots, you're you're probably rotating maybe seven, eight at the most. Mm. They're rotating nine guys. Yeah. That's that's scary for the league. It's scary for the league, and nobody's going anywhere. Clay has has returned and adjusted well. Like you know, you know, Wiseman is what it is. Like that yeah. happen that happens. But I just don't want Golden State to win. They're going to beat Memphis, but I really want, I want Phoenix to get them. I do, I do. But overall, good playoffs, man. I'm I'm enjoying myself. You enjoying uh, any of these new albums we're talking about? What do you want to start? You want to start with Pusha? You want to start with Future? What's the more interesting conversation? We should probably st- let's start with Pusha just because the album's been out longer. Mm. So I'm trying to think how we should even set this up. I mean, you know, this. So first of all, let's talk about like what has happened since it's been released, which is that this is Pusha's first number one album. Congratulations, bro! He did what 55? Yeah, yeah. Good, for, good for you, man. Congratulations. His first number one. It looked for a minute like he might not get there because. This is the week that all of Tyler's vinyl shipped out. Yeah. Yeah. But he did. What did he do? Like 32, 33, I think. He, he did a good and he did a significant amount of, of vinyl. Yeah. He didn't. He did really good numbers on vinyl. Yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, so the album's called It's Almost Dry. It is 12 tracks. Yep. We have heard before we, we heard this album, we heard Neck and Wrist, we heard Diet Coke, and we heard uh, Hear, Me, Hear clearly. Me Clearly. Yep. All the well, two Kanye records and one Pharrell. Right. Well, and, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 
right, we're gonna we'll talk we're gonna talk about the the product the production credits are, are kind of interesting on some of these records okay i would i would like to talk about that because that's the conversation no one's having um well because Pusha t is is so good at driving his story right he knows exactly what he is selling and what he's selling is half yay and half pharrell and the answer is it's more complicated <laughs> it always is absolutely right um even when it's even like Daytona, seven tracks produced by Kanye. It's like, well, yes, but sure. also other people. <laughs> right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so this is this is much the same, but also in ways that you wouldn't expect, right? Where even Pharrell has has you know, some help on at least one track, which is interesting because that's not really what we ever see from Pharrell. Mm-hmm. And I think that's indicative of the sort of the blending of the worlds that Pusha T is trying to do between the, the yay side of things and the Pharrell side of things. For sure, but um. Theoretically, six Pharrell tracks, six, we'll just call them good music slash yay tracks. There we go. Um, and uh, I mean, overall, the, the, the reception online has been incredibly positive. I don't think anybody has said anything bad about this album. Really. Oh, I've heard, I've heard lots of bad. Really? Tell yeah. me, I need to hear about this. Yeah, I'm hearing it's boring. Mm. Um, I'm tired of this style of music. Um, mm. You know, you're the, on a different Twitter than I am. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's those have been the two complaints that I've heard. It's it's boring. It's mid, as the youth say. Oh, they, they do say mid. <laughs> yeah, it's mid, and yeah. then yeah, this it's more more the same. I want mm. something else. Okay. Yada yada. Blah blah blah. Okay. And I I blame I blame Biggie. You blame, I blame Biggie. Puff. You blame, I blame Puff. Puff. Tell me why you're sure. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but Life After Death is the first rap album that like had these categorized songs, right? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I think it might have been the one that first one that was like branded that way for sure, right? Man- because um, Illmatic was noteworthy for so many big name producers all being brought in, like doing different kinds of sounds, right? You had the Pete rock record, you had the Q-tip record, you had the Primo records. Like you had these mm. different producers coming in and joining together in a way that wasn't typical in 94. But yeah, I think Puff like figured out how to like brand it in a certain way. And also like just the myth of that album. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So why do you blame, why do you blame, uh, why do you blame well, Big and Puff? Well, because now, you know, when, so, and maybe it was the branding, right? Yeah. So when Life After Death comes out, everybody follows suit. And everybody begins making these types of records. Mm. So now you have, you know, from Jay-Z on, and now they're making, particularly on the East Coast, Yeah. it's the club record, the girl record, the mixtape record, the tunnel banger, you know, the, the hit single, the R&B feature. Like these are all of the pit stops that you have to make when creating your album. Where this Pusha T album is very much like twelve songs that are roughly about the exact same thing, and I'm just in my wheelhouse, and I'm okay. And Pusha T's in his wheelhouse, and I'm not gonna stray too far from that. And that's just what we expect from Pusha. He's a he's a guy who just gets rebounds, or he's a guy who just you know plays defense on one guy. I mean, and that's okay. He has settled into that, right? But like, my name is my name. I was thinking about that Kelly Rowland record. I mean, not even that. The, He's got he Chris, the, Chris Brown on Sweet Serenade. You know, like he, he did different things. I mean, I, so before this album, I went back, I listened to Push's entire catalog. Of course you did. Of course I did. Because I had honestly forgotten about Darkest Before Dawn. 
that had a uh, more famous than rich, right? Yeah, crutches crosses caskets. Mm. Yeah. Yep. A lot of mid records, as the used to say, <laughs> on that album. Now I have some joint. It has some joints, man. Well, we so I, I want to talk about Push's album, and then I'm gonna spring something on you, and I apologize. I almost want to do a little mini rank the catalog for Pusha real quick if we have time. Oh boy, I wish I would have listened to his catalog, <laughs> but okay, All we right. can at least. Sketch it out because I think that sure. I think I think his catalog has more in common with each other than people might think. But that's okay. We'll, we'll get there. Um, other than that, anything else you want to say? We got to go track by track on this. We got to go track by track. Let's do it. Okay. We uh, track one, uh, Brambleton, um, which is I believe a, a street in Virginia Beach, um, produced by Pharrell. Uh, the song talks about his former manager, uh, Jeezy, who. Infamously went on Vlad TV and basically said that Pusha and Malice, when they were talking about drugs, they were talking about him 95% mm. of the time. Mm. Um, how do you feel about this record? This is, this I think, the is- only record I talked about on social media. It is. And this record is hard. Love the keys on this, man. These keys are amazing. The keys, the drums, the f- even the little detail of Pharrell kind of like sampling his voice and then bringing it back on the one. and the first out the gate, the common theme of Pusha on this album is finding these pockets to ride yeah. and riding them all the way through to the end of the record. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He's not so, really flipping. He's not really switching it up. We're not getting a lot of flow switches. It, I mean, yeah, not a lot of. Right. Like, and he just does that the entire song. It reminded me of Winning Waves. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> switch and do something else, Armand, push a T. But um, with that said, I, I love this record. This record is hard. So immediately on this record, you hear what is, I mean, what I, we talked about it before, but like what is now kind of the new Pharrell trademark of sorts, which are pitch data weights, right? He's, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna do that with his drums. Um, I hate the hook on this song. It's terrible. The hook oh, is wow. bad. Okay. Um, they bring in some background synth that just does not work at all. Um, because like an interesting thing about Push's records with Pharrell is Pharrell is trying to impose some kind of song structure because he can't help it. He wants a bridge or at least some hook. He wants something. And absolutely. You did not need it on this song. It was mm. fine. Ye doesn't like the, especially the raw Kanye records, like dreaming of the past where it's like, here's the deal. I'm going to chop it <laughs> and then I'm going to loop it. And then I'm going to chop it and then I'm going to loop it and you just do whatever you want like that. Yep. (laughs) You know, and for, and for else, like we need this here. I'm going to drop this here. Like he is trying to produce Pusha. Absolutely. Which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. And for me, the hook, I know it takes me out completely. Otherwise I think this might be my favorite track on the album. Wow. Out the gate, out the gate. I love Brampton. I love those keys. I think it works really well. Okay. This is a weird album for me. We're going to talk about it. I'm excited. Okay. Okay. What, okay. So, but you like Brambleton a lot? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brambleton's hard. One of my favorite, definitely one of my favorites. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's up there. It's up there. All right. We got to get to this track. Um, okay. <sighs> Let the smoker shine the coops. Um, this song was hyped up as being inspired by glaciers of ice. I just want to tell everybody okay. they need to chill out. Okay. You're out the gate. Your arms are folded already. <laughs> like, you didn't, no. This song didn't stand a chance with you. This is a weird song. So what helps is to look at the credits for me. Okay. It's produced by Pharrell 
and Oji Volta. Okay, that Olji Volta helped out on Donda and did like the sort of string orchestral patches on um oh what's the Travis Scott record on Donda? Oh my god, I'm blanking. Off the out. grid? Yeah, no, no, no. Um why can't I think of it? No, not off the grid. Uh praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Right. So if you hear that what is a very interesting sound for a Pharrell record, right? Whatever that orchestral kind of choir I believe I haven't read this, but just knowing this, this is what helps about the Donda stem leaks and everything like from like, you can see it shows you like who created what. So like seeing what Olji Volta did on some of these Donda records, I'm pretty sure that Olji Volta at the very least provided that like raw sound for Pharrell to like probably play up on a keyboard and play down or whatever. Like I'm pretty sure that's how that happened. Um, and this song is a lot. It's very chaotic. (laughs) It's grown on me. The first time I heard it, I was just like, no, get, get no, <laughs> no, 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 this is not, <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I love when the pianos come in. Yes. It, it's just, it's like, I, I almost needed more of a switch up because there's so much going on. Okay. I give credit to Pharrell for on top of that very chaotic kind of like orchestral choir or whatever thing he's doing that the drums are actually kind of like mostly pretty straightforward because mm-hmm. otherwise you, this, it would be way too much going on. Yeah, but I like push on here. This this song is growing on me. I know people really like this record. How do you feel about it? This record is hard. Yeah, this record is hard. Um, I hear I hear glaciers of ice. I can hear it. I can hear it. I can hear it. I can. Um, glaciers of ice. Honestly, dog, like no. it's a lot. It's a lot. It's it great. is. <laughs> there's gunshots. It's there's unimpeachable. A, yeah, there's a there's a uh there's a uh you know woman singing in the background. There's a lot going on. This yeah. is just in the first 20. There's grenades going off. And it's great. Yeah. Glaciers of Ice is incredible. It's fantastic. It's doesn't it, it actually doesn't get the credit it deserves in like the woo ecosystem. People don't reference that song as much as they should. Um so with that, I hear that because mm-hmm. it it is there is somewhat of a semblance of similar chaos, mm. but um, of course it's not as good, right? Of course not. But that aside, um, I think my only problem with this record is Pusha riding this flow too long. Mm. He doesn't switch it up. Yeah. And I feel like because there's so much going on, you kind of can't do a whole lot because he is... Yeah, you really can't do a lot. You kind of have to find a pocket and just, it's almost like when a tornado hits. You just, you know, and you're a kid, you're in class. What do you do? Yeah. You just you just go under your under your desk. I mean, that's all you can go. That's all you can go. I mean, they could have, if they if you wanted to switch it up, they could have done more with that piano switch up, right? Like drop everything out, let them do something. But no, I'm a fan of this song now. It took me a couple listens. It took me a couple listens. First time I was just kind of like. Let me say this though. Yeah. This album lends itself to multiple listens. Okay. The first, the first time, even the first maybe two or three times I heard this album, yeah, eh, it's okay, yeah, it's okay. Outside of the songs that immediately grabbed me, but there's some, there's some records that similar to your experience with, you know, let the smoke yeah. shine the coops. I'm like, it goes from being decent to being like sneaky. One of my favorite songs on the album. Mm. That happens a couple times. Mm. Okay, so so out the gate we've got these two Pharrell produced records. Mm-hmm. And now we get to the first EA produced record, Dreaming of the Past. Mm-hmm. I got a confession to make. 
I didn't like the sample first, like five times I heard it. Oh, I don't like this sample after hearing it more than five times. I like, I do like the chop. I like what Ye's done with it, but I just don't really like, I don't know. The chop won me over the actual sample itself. I don't know. There's something wrong with it. <laughs> I, I say think... that as somebody who spends way too much time trying to figure out how to, how to, how to, what to sample it, how to pitch them and how to filter and everything else. I don't know. Yeah. And this is, and again, this is clearly like an idea that didn't get finished <laughs> that push just took because it, it's just the chop. Yeah. Like you're, you're approaching it like with your, your doc brain and your doc ears where you're yeah. like, okay, let's do this. And then this, and maybe we'll tinker with this. And yeah, he's like, nope, chop, nope. chop, 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 chop. <laughs> yeah. He's like, chop, 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 loop, chop, chop, chop. That's it. That's, that's Here the song. Here you go. You can have it. Um, yeah. I would say the first couple times I heard this record, I liked it. Mm. And now it's an immediate skip. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's an immediate skip for me. And it's um, the way you feel about let the smokers being yeah. loud and a lot. This this is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, so, I mean, Kanye's not doing anything. Like, there's no, like, filtering. He's not, like, trying to EQ the sample. He's not, like, tr- so, like, when I sample for you, I'm purposefully, like, I know where your voice sits in a beat. And I am purposefully cutting eqing filter like i'm working around that so that i had to learn how to do that because initially i didn't know how to do that and so my beats they just all like when ch- someone tries to rap over them it's like what am i doing there's no place for the voice to sit yeah we used to we used to talk about that there were some beats that you made that i really liked but yeah. like i would rap to them and it would it just wouldn't go it wouldn't go and so yeah <laughs> yeah he has done none of that with this it's just the sample sample that's and that's because it. it's just an idea that didn't get finished and we're going to talk about this on the show when a kanye west idea gets finished it's totally different than when a kanye idea just kind of gets tape and glue and right. whatever and just you know right kind of finished right yay's got a couple lines on here and it's i don't know he sounds weird that's a dog that's cl- that's clearly a rough take and he's like i'm not cutting this again yeah, it, honestly, like the first time the his vocal tone almost sounded like most deaf the first time. I was like, he was reading. Do you remember that Fat Joe song, Pride and Joy? No. Okay, so it's a Fat Joe song called Pride and Joy, and it's got like all these random. Oh my god, you can talk about thirsty. Fat Joe lists everybody that was in the studio because on the hook there's like a bunch of like men singing, right? Okay, but it's like Fat Joe featuring most deaf Kanye West, Jada Kiss. Lil Wayne, blah, 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 all these names, but like, it's literally just him. And it's all of these guys who were clearly in the studio together, whatever, whatever. They decide to like sing this bridge. Mm. And Fat Joe's like, nope, adding you guys as a feature. And Kanye on that record has like two bars or something like that. And it literally sounds like Fat Joe's like, here, read this. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what, that's what, Ye's verse on Dreaming with the Past sounds like it's a good, it's a good little four bars, nice little pocket. Mm. I like the wordplay, but yeah, even on the um, because we didn't even talk about the fact that then it in it an advanced unmastered version leaked a yeah. couple days before. Yep. And when when listening to it, um, Kanye's vocals are clearly like they just they just sound rough. They don't sound yeah. like the master helps it a lot, but you're it's, right. The vocal tone, the roughness of it is just is different. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think, yeah, I think originally Ye was, this was supposed to be for Donda or Donda 2 or something. Yeah. Yeah. This was something. Yeah. This was something, but eh, it's okay. People love this record. They do. They do. Cause it's, cause it's Kanye. Yeah. It's a Kanye sample. It is. It's very much a Kanye. It's audacious. It's 
it's Kanye chopping a sample. Right. When Donda, you know, granted, a lot of people haven't heard Donda too, but you know, when they hear Donda, they just heard a bunch of organs. <laughs> the you more know? I hear from leaks from the 2020 version of Donda, the more mm. I'm starting to believe that might have been a better album. Ooh. See, you're still following those leaks. Like I, I've completely tapped out from that world. I would did, love to like catch up. Did you, I put it in, I think I put in Dropbox the, the original version of 24. You did. And I didn't really like it. Oh, I don't man. think I liked it. With like the day, kind of like almost like a dance hall influence to it a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't, I got to hear it again. You I did. You that, and I was like, me. what are we doing here? Yeah, Cause then it reminds me of like the original guy breathed and how bad that was. <laughs> Like, Cause 20, some of these, I 24 is just so, it's like, oh God, the song is dragging. So I just like, I appreciate something different, but you know, I feel you. I feel you. Um, all right. So we've had only one yay track, but we're getting to another Pharrell track. So it's neck and wrist, which we already heard uh, mm-hmm. featuring Jay and Pharrell produced by Pharrell. Mm-hmm. Has, has your, has your take on this song changed at all? Sounds so much better within the context of the album. Mm. So much better. Um, I actually like this record. I like it. I like it now. Um, yeah, so it is what it is. Like the beat is the beat is the beat is cool. It's solid. Uh, Push is cool. Jay is cool. Like it's it's a good record. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but it, I think like this beat is weird and it's kind of like you said the repeated listens. It has kind of worn me down a little bit. Mm. That happens with some of these you. weird Pharrell beats. I told you. Yes, yeah, album. Some, some of them. We'll, yes. we'll get there. We'll get there. I got some notes. <laughs> for skateboard p um oh boy okay okay <laughs> but yeah i i i, I want to know what you what you what you think about just so you remember uh which is produced by yay fnz and Boogs the beast this this is a song that i initially skipped for a long time because mm. it, it didn't have any drums and by this point i've already been i'm committed to the pharrell drums here because we've <laughs> already we've already heard them what three times yeah at this point yeah you know it's coming pretty much yeah. And so when I hear this, I don't like it. And then after maybe like listen number four or five of this album, because I played this album nonstop for a good, you know, two weeks. Oh, wow. And um, it grew on me. Mm. It sounds like Blow, the movie. <laughs> sounds is, like Blow. I love Blow. It's a great movie. Yeah, great movie. It sounds like Blow, but also it's not a song that I go to. Mm. I don't go to it. It might be the second i don't say worst song on the album but it's the song that connects with me the least oh that's interesting there are two songs in this album that are quite clearly the worst this is not one of them to me okay um, let's let's talk i think that there's a vibe like this is the thing about pushing and i'll make people mad but uh whatever we're getting hot takes off today apparently I'm, yes we are let's do it there sometimes pusha takes his image and his aesthetic so seriously that he mm. almost crosses over into like goofy or a bit theatrical with it right and mm. you get that with some of these samples sometimes mm. like it's like almost like so bombastic and over the top where it's like it's like so i think the whole thing like that's why brambleton was kind of really so interesting to me is like in the what like listening to like his former manager talk about stuff where it's like you and i talked previously couple episodes back about how like is it even possible to sell out in hip-hop anymore but pusha is from our era and is so committed and has like crafted this rock solid image of him mm-hmm. as exactly what he is and it's like i mean i don't know i think we all 
And we all, most of us kind of assume that there is like a level of embellishment that comes with this, but Pusha is like trying to like stare into your soul and be like, no, I am 100% real. Like he is Mr. When keeping it real goes wrong. He like, that is his whole thing. Like he is so committed to the bit. And like, there are some records on here, including uh, a Pharrell record we're going to talk about later where it's like, there's like this line between sinister and almost like goofy. Mm. And like, just so you remember that the vocal sample at first, I was like, what is going on here? But like, ultimately I think this song works because it allows Pusha to play the role he loves to play, which is the villain. He wants to be sinister, right? That's his whole thing, you know? But like, sometimes I almost just want to be like, come on, Pusha, come on. We're amongst friends now. You can tell us it's okay. (laughs) You won. Pusha T, you won. You have won everything. You took Drake down a notch. You have your first number one album. You've been Grammy nominated. You've got brand deals, success. It's okay. Mm. So that reminds me of a line that Drake had in one of his disses where he basically talked about Pusha being like a really nice guy. (laughs) Every interview you ever read, it's always like, he's so nice. He's such a nice guy, right? So, and I guess on the flip side of that, you know, what do you expect you know, people in that lifestyle to, to be, do you expect them to be? I mean, we, when you really look at it, a lot of them were very charismatic and oh, likable and, you know, but of course they had that, that other side to them. Um, but in wrestling, because everything is wrestling, everything is wrestling. We call that living the gimmick. Mm, oh, push and, a T lives the gimmick. Oh boy. So what living, let me give you guys an example of living the gimmick. Yeah. Um, if you guys have ever seen the honky tonk man, <laughs> To this day, he still has the Elvis Presley haircut, but he's like 70 years old. Hacksaw Jim Duggan to this day still walks around with the two by four. That's called living the gimmick. And in some instances, you call it working yourself into a shoe. Mm. And I think to your point, there are elements of push where I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm just like, that's not really you, dog. Or not even, it's not really you. It's, this isn't necessary. Well, it goes to what you were talking about before, right? How about how, like, the life after death era convinced everybody that we needed a lot of different kinds of tracks mm-hmm. and that what Pusha wants to do is just be Pusha. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I mean, I'd actually like, I'd be curious. Like, could he just be Pusha T now? Like, he's not selling drugs anymore. He hasn't done it for a long time we're going to, we're going to remind me of that point when we get to pray for you. Okay. Remind me of that point because you, you answered, you asked the question and you threw me an alley-oop <laughs> and something happens on that yeah. song that completely debunks the Pusha T gimmick. Yeah. I'll get there. Yeah. So just so you remember, you're kind of, you're like, nah, man, I don't need it. All right. I kind of like the song though. I do. It's weird. Okay. It's unorthodox. It is weird. But I almost feel like yeah. some of the best pusher records are weird. Oh, um, HGTV freestyle. That's lunch, lunch money. I went back and listened to all those. I was like, because I was like, oh yeah, Armand loved these records. Then I was like, these are nah. HGTV is still crazy. Um, lunch money is still crazy. Nah, he's got some. You're right though. Pusher does Pusher's best work is are those awkward records. You're absolutely right though. Numbers on the boards. Numbers on the boards. Super awkward super crazy yeah yep yep i'm with you all right so now we get to uh i think was technically the first single diet coke produced by yay and 88 keys 
Mm-hmm. After all this time, how do you feel about this record now? It's okay. <laughs> I feel like something is missing with this beat. Like, I, was, I almost thought my 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 headphones were were like screwed up because I was like, is there no low end on this song? There's no all? there's no bass on this song. There's no whatsoever. bass. There's no eight oh eight. There's no not like the kick drum isn't even that hard. There's like nothing nope. on the low end. Yep. It needs yep. something down there. For sure. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, it's it's okay. But it's it's a open space for push. This is where push is probably the most free. Mm. He's finding pockets all he over is. the place here. Right. That's true. Yeah, so that kind of, I guess that's the trade-off where a record like Let the Smoker Shine the Coops, he can only go into one spot, but Diet Coke, he can, he can hot sauce right. it up. Yeah, he's dribbling all over the place. See, you say hot sauce it up and you're thinking the basketball player and all I hear is the Pharrell baseline, hot sauce to go. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to talk about a song with a baseline. That song is all bass. All baseline. Oh, man, I like that. I like that song too. I did. You were outside. I was out. I was outside. I was, what's that? That's 2003, four? four. Oh yeah. That's right before I joined the military. I was super outside. That's why I joined the military. Cause I was outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Every, yeah. Oh my God. All right. Whatever. All right. I, so man, I, did I, we even, we didn't even talk about K Slay. Oh man. We didn't even talk about K Slay. The drama king. We gotta. We have to pause. We have yeah. to pause here. We're about halfway. That's fine. And we have to give flowers to, in my mind, friend of the show, in spirit, in spirit, one hundred percent friend of the show in spirit, the drama king. Uh, slap your favorite DJ. He slapped. Who did he, did he slap? Vlad, no, he didn't slap Vlad. He slapped uh, Pudgy P. Now that's a who, name I haven't heard in a long time. Who looks like Vlad? <laughs> <laughs> so. But I think he had I think he had beef with Vlad at one point. But anyway, um, I just want to say I've gone back and I've listened to a bunch of of K Slay records. If you are at our um, our ten dollar Patreon tier, you got the entire Renegade series, uh, which includes the first time Ether was ever played. Period. Mm. Um, that being a moment in itself, uh, K Slay was like the antihero. Um, where when you thought about mixtapes, you thought about Clue, Envy, you know, it was very, um, it was it was still like street, but it was a different kind of street aesthetic. Whereas K Slay like really was in like the streets and the places you didn't go to. Um, and for that, he got a lot of respect. When you talk about, um, uh, uh, who am I thinking? Diplomats. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about G-Unit, when you talk about all of these artists that really got their name from mixtapes, like much of that was owed to K Slay. Here's my K Slay hot take. When we talk about the most important mixtapes, because we're seeing, um, I did my little rant about mixtapes after K Slay passed, and we saw Taylor Alderdice hit streaming services with Khalifa, mm. and then Wale put out mixtape about nothing on streaming services. So we're seeing this this very small resurgence of mixtapes. When we talk about the most important mixtapes, artist-led mixtapes of all time, we go, and correct me if I'm wrong, Doc, Trap or Die, Dedication 2. We do not talk about K Slay's Diplomat series one through five. And we should. Yeah. And we should. Because if we're talking about the most important artists or hip-hop artists from that era. Yeah. Everybody was eating off that dipset oh, table. Yeah. And 
I think a big and even case by volume three, they're like, yo, they're making so much money. They're like, yo, we're not we're not doing this anymore. Like we we made money hand over fist. And it led them to just start flooding the streets with mixtapes. Yeah. And so I was thinking back and I was listening to my wife because my wife is a big Dipset fan. Mixtape Dipset. Like, yo, she has like she asked me to get a writer's block, too. (laughs) But I was thinking like, yo, if I had to pick one of those Dipset mixtapes and I want to get back to Case Lake. Yeah. If I had to pick one of those Dipset mixtapes, one through five to introduce that series two which one is it three or four maybe i think that's the right answer because three is you're gonna love me yeah three is dead mfs right yeah uh let me pull this up because i definitely have this on my itunes everybody out on the rock the mic tour uh oh this is my library my bad i'm sorry y'all can cut this out uh here we go here we go here we go Dang, where's this? Oh, there we go. Okay, my bad. All right, so three is more than music, the bigger picture, what's really good. Um, I'm uh, uh, the hey, both Hey My remixes. I love you. We are the champions. Call me Dame Dash. Right? That's incredible. That's nuts. So then, if we go volume four, we've got You're Gonna Love Me, Yayo, You Ought to Know, uh, What Later Became the DJ Enough Freestyle. Let's get it on. Purple Haze, Ground Zero. Uh, yeah, that's a. It might be three. I think, I think it's, it's three. three. It's three. You're gonna love me, and you ought to know. Might even. I, I mean, those are unimpeachable. But three, just the the three is just a barrage. There's no Armand and Doc without you're gonna love me. It's true. That's one of the first records we bonded over. That and bigger picture. And bigger picture. Yep. Yep. You are the reason why that song is ruined for me. <laughs> because <laughs> of the because of the baseline yeah because of the baseline but with that said k slate adds an element to those tapes man and we just have to give him his flowers he was battling covid for what like a year uh he was i mean in january it was announced that he was in the hospital but he was in but he was in recovery and then so like you know probably probably for half a year maybe that sucks man it's unfortunate yeah. Rest in peace to the drama king, K-Slate. You got any, you got any uh, K-Slate thoughts you want to share? Just that, like, I feel like him and him and Funk Flex were really, like, in this, like, escalating war for, like, who could be the loudest personality. <laughs> and you're smiling right now, but, like, it's true, you know? Yeah. Like, Funk Flex doesn't, I don't think Funk Flex is yelling at people to, like, you know. He wasn't, beli- he wasn't belittling people. No, but like he he wasn't like he he got to a certain level. I think egg, like him and Case Case Slay was pushing other DJs. He was loud. He was brash. He I think go he, go go listen to those uh those arguments with DJ Clue and Envy and Splash. They're on YouTube and they are it's basically just just Case Slay like little boying these grown men. Right. Um. So you know we kind of lovingly I think make you know we'll sort of crack jokes or make fun, but his legacy is unimpeachable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now I'm sad because I thought he was on Cameo and I really, really, really wanted him to do a Cameo for CRS. Mm. And we would just would have used it as a as a as a uh, an interlude for Armand and Doc. <laughs> I really wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, man, rest in peace to the Drama King. That really bummed me out. I was list- I've been listening to mixtapes nonstop now. Um, but yeah, man, rest in peace, Casely. He really had a song called Not Your Average Joe with Fat Joe, Joe yes. Budden, and Joe. Yes. 
And it had the same. It had the um. It sampled Shaka Khan. Ain't nobody. Well, that's a it's a classic hip hop move right there. Oh man, all those those. Do you remember too much for me? Like he was really trying to make that record work. He did. I mean, Nas didn't show up for the Nas couldn't show up for the video, so he got that's Loon right. on it instead, and then that started like a a, a beef. But Nas and K Slay, that's right. He did. He did. Wow. I forgot about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, that first album, that first album got some joints. The Locks record, that's got 50 Shotcha. I mean, the production credits alone, right? Havoc, D Dot, Heatmakers, you know, Dame Grease, Easy LP, Knots, Buck Wild. He he's even got, you know, Wyclef and, and Jazzy oh. Faye. Like he he really went all the way out. He went every, he was the first, he was one of the the only New York DJs that would go to the South or to the West. And, you know, he, it's easy for him to get records with EA Ski and Dub C yeah. and go to the South. He had a, wasn't he on, um, who gives a F where you from? Yeah. That, that th- 3-6 Mafia record that sampled Transformers? That's the, uh, that's on volume two. Hmm. There you go. I mean, look at the, <laughs> he put together on one song, Bun B. Yep. Joe Budden. Yep. Killer Mike. Yep. Sauce Money. Yep. And Dub C. Yeah, that record, it sampled um, it's uh, the same sample as uh, a nigga with a gun from the chronic. Sped mm. it. I just I would I just listened to that like a week ago. What, yeah, that's what a that time. First, he, but he's the guy who was doing those like Doc, I don't know if you might have tapped out by then, but he's the guy that puts 50 guys on a record. I mean, he guys just on a had 110 guys on a record last year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He did. He filmed that video in quarantine. He sure did. Yep. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Rest in peace to the drama king. So yeah, so Trapper Die, if three the three most important artist mixtapes of all time, Ooh. Trapper Die Dedication to Diplomats Three. Do we live with that? Fifty doesn't have a say in this. Ooh. What's the most important fifty cent mixtape? Is it is it fifty cent is the future? Is it God's plan? Is it no mercy, no fear? Is it a G Unit radio? Like I think it's fifty cent is the future, right? Okay. Okay, which is on streaming services, by the way. Just so y'all know. I think, but that's interesting. Yeah, We're missing know. somebody. People are yelling right now. They are. I don't care. Okay, here we go. 50 Cent is the future. Banks work out. Bad news. Bump that. Call me. Uh, G-Unit soldiers. G-Unit, that's what's up. Got me a bottle. A little bit of everything. Surrounded by hoes. You should be here. Yeah, that's pretty strong. But it was different, you know, because like the other ones were like, oh, here's, our, here's like my material. This was like, he's like, I'm messing around. Yeah, I mean, you guys have to realize that nobody was taking these songs and remixing them at the time. No. A style still replicated to this day. It was so bad. I remember initially artists would be mad that 50 would take their record and remix it. And then it became a part of the rollout where 50 was like getting paid like, yo, get on my record, do a remix because it'll draw more attention to my record. I remember Got that. me a bottle. Got me a bottle. <laughs> 2002, ladies and gentlemen. RL. RL, Eric Sermon, and... Or was it just RL and Eric Sermon? It was RL and Eric Sermon. Produced by Jermaine Dupree and Brian Michael Cox. There you go. That's a lot. That's his budget right there. That's a 2002 budget, though. Is that... Because he he also had... He had a Rick... Wait a second. There's a Rick Rock song with Poster Boy on it. He's got a couple Tim and Bob records. Got a Chucky Thompson record. There you go. You got this a is bonus R- this track is- with Snoop and Lil' Kim. I remember this. This is RL's album? RL. Which is, so RL and then <laughs> colon 
immense. So it's supposed to be like elements. <laughs> oh, man. 2002, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. What a time. What he could have got that. He would have got that budget cracked open back then. He's coming off of Next. They had hit records. He, he was a writer. He wrote for people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he probably called in some favors. Man, you know, see, now this got me thinking. Tim and Bob might, are they the, some of the most underrated R&B producers, period? I, I would love to hear um, or see a discography of Tim and Bob, because to be honest, I'm only familiar with what they did with Bobby Valentino. Okay. So I got some highlights for you. Okay, let's do it. John B., they don't know. Mmm, out the gate. Tamia, so into you. Mmm, they did that, really? Thong song. <laughs> Cases, like, Cases missing you. Wow, wow. Then they did Bobby Valentino. Okay. Um. Then they just started doing records with everybody. Because that record, because that those Bobby Valentino records kind of created a sound for them. They were doing the harps with the hand claps. Yeah, those were all samples, too. Really? Wow. Did yeah. not know that. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Man, the discography page is in alphabetical order, not chronological order. This does not help me. Yeah, it's got to be It's got to be in uh, chronological order. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, we are way off from Push Diet Coke. Uh, yeah. So we talked about Diet Coke. I think it's yep. good. You think it's fine? Yeah, it's whatever. All right. 